0: Hey guys, it's Casey. Just wanted to remind you in case you're living under a rock that over at studynotesaba.com, we have some of the sickest merch ever. I'm talking Skinner is my homeboy shirts. We have unisex shirts. We have slouchy off the shoulder shirts. We have um, the founding father's tote. We have stickers. We have an amazing candle in three different scents. We have all your favorite note-taking essentials in I'm telling you, my life has changed since I've gotten these pens. Let me tell you. You know me, and I'm a bank pen kind of girl, but not anymore. I'm a full on midliner. I'm glad I even know what that is. So head over to www.studynoseabia.com and check out our merch. Study
1: notes, ABA. ABA
2: a little x away. It's behavior, bitches.
1: Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey and we are here with episode 89. Casey, what do you have for us on this episode
0: 89? Well, I like to think I'm pretty much becoming the best rhymer in history and we also have a rapper on the show today so I needed to be cool. So it is invest in your future and you'll be fine. I think you need to start saying like
1: 89 because there's too much stuff in between so people could hear the rhyme you know so you gotta be like 89 invest in your future and you'll be fine got it okay heard i love it
0: yep thanks for shaping my behavior
1: yeah girl i got you so before we get started today let's get ourselves pumped up i'm feeling a little sleepy tbh and so i need some reinforcement to get me going these gushers two bags of gushers i just ate are not cutting it i'm very into gushers again lately Um, And so, Casey, can you give us our review of the day?
0: Absolutely. I'm going way back, way, 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 way back to, do you want to know the date? June 11th, 2019. That's like a long time ago. And it's someone really special, I think. So I want to just bring attention to someone very special in our lives. And if it's not from you, Tanara, then I'm an idiot. But anyways, it's from Rust97. Real life, two awesome chicks throwing down real life scenarios and breaking them into ABA terms, getting away from the jargon and stepping away from the highbrow that often comes with the science. So much fun to listen to. And I already feel like we are BFFs that talk on the regular. Russ 97, whoever you are, if you're Tenera, we love you. If you're not Tenera, we love you. But thank you for that
1: review. And if it is Tenera, I mean, if, if, even if it's not, we love you as Casey said. But if it is Tanara, you do deserve a major shout out. I would say that you are our most loyal and avid, true fan of Behavior Bitches podcast from day one when we had our siblings and family members on. And I've never met someone who can quote lines better, make calls on things. She could. Literally, you could ask her anything. What episode this was on, what that was, and you guys might notice her. She'll be the one welcoming you into the Facebook group. So, Tanera, we love you. This is your shout out. I need to make sure you hear this reinforcement loud and clear. We love you. Anywho, today, guys, we have a guest on that we've been following for a bit on the gram. He is active on the
0: gram. He raps on the gram and on the talk. I'm trying to be with the cool kids, like the TikTok, but I'm calling it the talk. Oh,
1: TikTok. Ah! I'm like, is that a <laughs> podcast called the talk? <laughs> no. Oh, no. the talk. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think it works on the gram the same. I know. Like, um, it's- I mean, maybe. I don't know. Anyways, I guess I'm just not with it with TikTok. He is all over and he's doing something really cool. And is planning for his future more than probably ninety nine point seven of you and but today, I think you might get motivated to plan for yours too. Casey, who
0: is our guest today? So today we have someone who has actually i i kind of think has changed my life because I engage in a behavior I've never engaged in before that's going to hopefully. Help me out in the future. And he gave me that fire under my ass that I needed, even though we've talked with Liotzad about stocks, we've talked about finances with Shelby, and no one other than Georgie, who I'll introduce now, has inspired me or given me the clear route in the best task analysis ever because he's a BCBA on how to start investing. So, Georgie is a behavior analyst who intersects behavior analysis with investing into the stock market and personal finances in general. He works in the field doing clinical supervision, and he has a financial literacy page on Instagram called Financialism. Wow, I love that. Where he posts about the stock market and sprinkles in ABA terminology. He also loves to rap, which we will play in this episode at some point. He moved here from the former Soviet Union and believes growing wealth in the USA is more accessible than other regions, especially through the stock market. I'm sure he can tell us more about himself, but welcome to the show, Georgie.
2: Yay. Thank you for having me, behavioral ladies. I'm really happy to be here.
0: You're so respectful. You can definitely Yeah, have behavioral <laughs> ladies. We're the behavior bitches, Georgie, okay? Behavior <laughs> bitches.
1: But I'll take the respect. Yeah, thank you. Anytime. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Georgie, we've been following you. We've spoken to you. You're an interesting dude, to put it lightly. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are Um, what you do, I know you're a BCBA, but I want you to tell us a little bit more about what does Georgie do every day?
2: Yeah. So I wake up. The first thing that I do is I make a TikTok. Actually, I set it up. uh, I set up my behavioral chain the night before, so I make the TikTok at night, and then I post it in the morning because the response effort to make a post is a lot less. Um, And I I make it financially savvy, so that's that's my whole thing. How my morning starts, and then usually I have a work meeting, and then I have my sessions where I either go to the clinic. I work at a clinic, by the way, and then I uh, or I do telehealth and uh, go to a home or two. So that, that's my typical day. And then in between all of that, when I have a break or something, I get my Instagram and I type in the latest information about the stock market and I go in. And I should add that somewhere in that huge behavioral chain I just talked about for the last five years, every single day, except for weekends and holidays when the stock market is closed, I go on my Yahoo Finances app. And I scroll through the 170 stocks that I've been building, watching since, well, actually more than five years now. So that's how my day starts. That's my typical day. And if I'm lucky, if I finish earlier, I grab my microphone and I start rapping.
0: I love it. I love that. You are so eclectic and just like. That's beautiful. That is like so well-rounded and you're engaging in these behaviors every day. So you're building them in your repertoire, right? Versus me, like someone I've never invested into a stock. I mean, recently I have, but that is super cool. Yeah. So real quick, I just want to say, so when I talked to Georgie and there's a lot that I need to learn, but the first thing he had me do, um, which was scary was I wanted, I don't have any retirement. So I was like, I should freaking get a Roth IRA. He broke it down. He's like, it'll take you, what was it? Under three minutes? It
2: was was four minutes and 36 seconds.
0: Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. Well, that's like pretty low response effort. And I feel like I can do that. And so he, you know, told me the exact steps, task analysis out for me. Um, he has a video. Um, he told me, you know, this is the, what is it? SWXP 500, top 500?
2: SWPPX, like that's the mutual fund that tracks the top 500 companies. I'll gladly break that down in a bit. But uh, if you know nothing about investing and just trust that. And by the way, just quick disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just someone who bases my opinion off of data and a little bit of passion.
0: I love that. And so, yeah, I just do that right now. I want to expand my repertoire. But, um, you know, every month I have just been investing into that SWPPX Top 500 yeah. Index on my Charles Schwab app. Not sponsored. Wish it was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what we're going to talk about today, guys, I don't know if you guys would agree with me that it actually is a bit of a behavioral cusp. And that is understanding the behavior of investing. Would you agree with that?
2: Definitely. I think it unlocks a lot.
1: Right. So, what a behavioral cusp is, and we get this question a lot, it is when you teach someone a new behavior that opens up a whole new world of contingencies and opportunities for reinforcement. So, hopefully, after today's episode, learning about investing and planning for your future, which I think a lot of our listeners, according to our data, are, um, Well, really, I don't think it's ever too late to invest either, but I know a lot of people are like a similar age to myself, 30, uh, a lot of people. Also, I know we have a lot of females who listen, and I'm excited for females to hear this too because I think in the past, a a lot of people associated like investing and stuff with men doing it, and as females we're badass bitches. You should know how to do this too. And for the longest time, I just relied on my dad. And then I started learning and I'm like, I too can do this. So hopefully you guys could learn this behavior and realize how to generalize investing across multiple different investing opportunities.
0: Well said, Leah. Inspire. That is right. All right. So tell us about financialism and how you started that page and like a little bit about how you got into this.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and and just going off of what was just said, my mom started investing at age forty nine. It's never too early and it's never too late. So I just want to put that out there. And she has been going at it for about five years now since I started, and she's way wealthier than she would have been if she didn't start. So it's never too late uh, to to start, and never too early. But um, I, I think that. I started my page really to to target my friends, and then when I saw their behaviors radically changing, I I began using hashtags and trying to get it out there. And people naturally started being attracted to financialism. Where hey, this guy's actually like sometimes he raps. Uh, this is not what I associated like investing with. What behavior analysis? Oh my gosh, he's using science. That's so cool. Um, and I think a lot of stereotypes of investing are broken down uh, on my page. And um, I think that as a as a BCBA and understanding human behavior, it, it astounds me how when it comes to ABA, we're all for it when we're in our sessions. But as soon as we walk through the door, it stops for a lot of us. It shouldn't. And uh, something like investing is – it intersects perfectly with what we already know, what our skill set is already. I think uh, b- uh, behavior analysts should be the greatest investors because we're future oriented. When we talk to parents and they're saying, Well, we've been at this for two weeks, like progress is so slow, we've already seen the future. We know we're like, Hey, in 3,000 trials, the first 200 are not gonna matter as much. We're thinking about the future. So, with investing, all we do is we replace the word parent or client, ABC data, with stock prices, uh, the market, and you you add a new core principles, right? Such as like we're going to buy and hold these stocks. We're going to invest monthly no matter what, whereas in ABA, we would go to the four functions of behavior. Those are our core principles there. So you just add a little bit more to your repertoire and take four minutes, 36 seconds, make an account, and you can start. Um investing is just a whole bunch of behavior put together. If you really think about it, it's clicking buttons on a keyboard. That's the topography of investing. It's not It's not like a, in real estate where you're taking care of a house, making sure that it's fine, calling people up, can you fix this? You're taking 15 seconds of your time and, and just pushing by. That's it. You could automate the process. It, it, it's really... Um, Well, we use client-specific, right, when we do ABA. So it's really like person-specific when you're investing. Do you want it to be hands-off? You can do that. Do you want it to be conservative uh, with less volatility and less reward potential? You can do that. You can make an investing plan for yourself based on your personality. So th- that's kind of why I think that behavior analysts should be the greatest investors. And big shout out to Ogden Lindsley, who is uh, one of the founding fathers of precision teaching. And he has this quote that really stuck with me. You are not a true behavior analyst until you analyze your own behavior. And investing forces you to do that. It forces you to track your spending, track your investing, and where your money is going. It's it's a cusp, right? Like." You start using that skill across okay. domains, and uh, there's a lot to gain from that.
1: Amazing. So I, I completely agree with this. I've told my dad this before. I'm like, literally, I would imagine that behavior analysts would be really good at the stock market, figuring out MOs, et cetera. But without going any further, I we have to pause because the robot is back and has to tell us which behavioral principles we will be covering today. They are... Manipulating the MO, preference assessments, token economy, generalized condition reinforcers, difference between reinforcement and rewards, delayed reinforcement, schedules of reinforcement, negative reinforcement, self-management, punishment, I'm sure it's not on the list, but I'm sure it would fit in there to not sell too early. <laughs> Anyways, so that's what we'll be covering today. And let's get started let's get started as if you are talking to someone listening right now who is hearing about investing for the first time and right now they work at a company they make eighty thousand dollars a year and they're paying their rent they're paying i mean they guess they can't really go to bars anymore paying for gas for their car um food, what can they be doing? what because I think it sounds very intimidating for people too this yeah. idea of investing. Yeah. So what would be like your basic tips for someone who is what I just described?
2: So my first uh, suggestion would be to focus on demystifying the stock market and just operationally defining what it is, uh, which is, not as easy as it sounds because it is a collection of behaviors. And when we look at behavior, it's individual, right? But what the stock market is, and this is really sexy for for behavior analysts, it's a cluster of data based on human behavior and people's private events, their perception of what the future is going to look like. So th- that's what the stock market is. It's a combination of private events and people acting on their private events. Um, profit is definitely important. But it's a byproduct of uh, a person's dream to get to Mars, uh, Elon Musk, by the end of the decade. So th- that's 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 the way we want to think about the stock market. Is this the place where you can put your money in instead of the bank, and it actually grows, unlike the bank? Money does not grow in the bank. There, there's a little bit of interest, but it's not that interesting. Um, <laughs> that. Yeah, I, I tried with the puns. It, it's it's a rap thing.
0: I liked it. I laughed. Yeah. Laugh, I giggled.
2: Thank
1: you. So, <laughs> Me too. It was just—it was just a private event.
2: People, people who who are who have like a fifty thousand uh, dollar income, eighty thousand—it really doesn't matter because investing is really accessible. Especially starting in twenty twenty, it became uh, anyone can do it now. You don't need to pay a fee or a commission or anything like that, or where uh just just two years ago you had to pay like ten dollars to invest a hundred that's silly you're giving up ten dollars for no reason just for someone to make money that's all gone so the levies are broken there's so much more access available for people investing so what i would tell someone who is wanting to invest they have some extra income is take four minutes 36 seconds Go to Charles Schwab or Fidelity or Vanguard or Robinhood. It really doesn't matter. Not affiliated with any of them. I do like Charles Schwab the best. Uh, I think uh, they're they're on top of the game. They they're the ones, by the way, who made investing free. Uh, one of the first uh, OG investing platforms to really do it. And the next day, every single other platform had to make it free, otherwise Charles Schwab would take all of their customers. So there's a lot of behavior going on there. Yeah. So, and, and it was only like 3% of their overall revenue. So it, it's really worth it to like get rid of that. And now they have way more customers because there's no more response cost to like starting to invest like, okay. So let, let's break down uh, how the typical person, I don't wanna use the word should, but could be investing with a high probability of returns in the future that is way more than the bank. So the year is 1975. And there's this guy called Jack Bogle, and he created what is now known as Vanguard, right? Most people who don't even invest, they've heard of Vanguard. That's what a powerful name it is. And he had this radical idea, just like we had the radical of idea that behavior is shaped by consequences. He had a radical idea of what if instead of just trying to get the most amount of money out of the stock market, we get the average from the top 500 companies, like. And then we get rid of the fee, right? Let's get rid of the manager's fee. So we're not trying to beat anything. We're just accepting the average. And um, we'll make the expense ratio, which is the fee, like $0.02 cents to $0.10 cents for every $10,000 or something invested instead of the usual, let's make it like 10 bucks, all of that. So he's like, let's make it all free. Everyone hated him because uh, business was ruined as he knew it. And he got a whole lot of uh, customers from that. and. Vanguard is doing pretty well right now. I think we're noticing a trend with getting rid of fees and getting a whole bunch of customers coming in. So mm-hmm. you, you might be thinking like, okay, so what did he just say about these top 500 companies? Uh, what, what is he saying about fees? Uh, what is the average of the greatest uh, companies, basically? So it's known as an index fund. It is um, a combination of the top companies put together in one fund. So most people, when they think of investing, they think, OK, should I put my money into Apple? No, 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 no. You know what? Disney, right? When the parks open, uh, maybe they'll be open by when there's a plate. I don't know. When the parks open, uh, those stocks are going to rise. So they're picking and choosing individual stocks, which takes labor, which takes response effort. Instead, with the index fund, you're just getting the average of those top 500 companies. If um, Let's just hypothetically say Osama bin Laden comes back from the beyond the grave and attacks Disney, blows it up. Uh, Netflix is probably going to take some of that streaming profit, and people are going to go to streaming. Uh, Universal Studios is going to get way more clients, and the stock market's going to balance out. Uh, so in the long run, it, it auto-corrects. So when a company leaves, like Blockbuster, you guys remember Blockbuster? Oh, uh,
0: yeah, throwback. Blockbuster Video, wow, what a difference.
2: Yeah, so no one thought that would be gone. So if you owned Blockbuster stocks, that sucks. But <laughs> on the index, well, hey, Netflix joined the party. So it evened out like nothing ever happened. So that's why I really like index funds. It just has the top 500 companies all in one place.
0: So would you say that's more of a conservative way to invest?
2: So traditionally uh, speaking, Conservative is more like uh, about bonds, which is like government debt and things like that, uh, that you're putting your money into or CDs. But Mm -hmm. I think for new age investors, I would call it conservative. Uh, The only trouble is there can be market crashes. And that's what people think of like, can I lose money by investing? And the answer is, if you react, yeah. Yeah. You can lose money if you're reacting to stock prices. But remember, you're not investing in a price. You're investing in value. What is the value of the top 500 companies 20 years from now? Much more than it is today. So that's what you're putting your money into, into value. Um, And again, it's all about creating a disciplined system for yourself. And I really like using the principles of behavior analysis here, where I create a predetermined plan and I stick to it. And I even have a plan for pivoting if the world changes a little bit. So here's my plan, no matter what, every single month on a predetermined day, mine is the 24th because that's my grandma's birthday. She was born July 24th. I'm not going to forget that. Um, Every single month on that day, I buy stocks and I buy the index fund. The top 500 companies are in there. So that, that's my plan.
1: So I just want to, for anyone listening, and I I think I might've said this on an episode five ever ago, when we're talking about investing, I just want to make this a little clearer for anyone listening. So obviously you're putting money into something, right? So basically you're getting a tiny, 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 tiny piece of a, let's say like we're just investing in one company, right? Let's say it is Amazon and you say, I want to get one share of Amazon. They've broken it into, I don't know how many pieces. Let's, let's just pretend like it's a million pieces. Yeah. I have have no idea. I mean, they could break it into as many pieces as they want and they still be worth something. Um, so you're basically owning like point zero 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 blah blah one percent of the company. That's what it means. And so, if you bought it for one dollar when the company was worth hundred, or let's say it's a the company's worth a hundred dollars total, okay, and you buy one percent of it, it's at one dollar. But let's say the company goes up to being worth thousand dollars, your share is now worth ten dollars, right? So just want you guys to understand that that's what we're talking about with investing, that you have a piece of it. And as the value goes up in a company, your little piece, that same piece you had, is now worth more money.
2: Absolutely. And you're making a really great point, which is actually revolutionary. And people don't know how revolutionary it is because in the year 2020, for the first time ever in the United States, you can actually buy pieces of a company. One stock of Amazon is over $3,000. Not everyone, even the people who believe in Amazon, they may not be willing to put 3k into Amazon. But hey, now for the first time ever, and I keep repeating this because this is literally a financial revolution happening and we're not even noticing it, you can buy $5 of Amazon if you wanted to. It's the first time you could do that and your $5 will grow proportionally to Jeff Bezos's 130 billion So if he's scheduled to be the first ever trillionaire, you might become the first millionaire in your family. If you, uh, if your money is growing at the same rate as his.
0: Are you investing in Amazon?
2: So uh, what I did is I bought my mom, Amazon stocks. And, uh, she in her retirement account. So we went aggressive. And this was when the pandemic first started. And we were kind of uh, predicting, you know what, um, as access becomes limited to stores, uh, physically, people might shop more on Amazon. And it, it was a speculation. It was a guess. And it, it made sense at the time. And so Amazon went up quite a bit since that time. And we sold off um All of the original share she, all of the original money that she put in. So everything she has in Amazon now is a free gift from the growth. So it doesn't matter. Even if it goes to zero, it was free. And the rest of her money is now in index funds.
0: Gotcha. All right. That makes sense. So I have a question just personally. So because I'm only doing index funds right now, I just do the that one. How do I like pick what stocks like and how much like say I'm taking, you know, 10% of my income and mm. taking a number and investing it into the uh, the index fund every month. And I want to take like, maybe just like a little bit more and put it into a stock. How do I pick a stock?
2: Yeah. So everyone has their own formula for that. Right. And, and by the way, there's no person who regretted buying index funds for the last since they ever came out and uh people who just held on to them even through like the greatest uh, recession in 2008 the dot-com bubble in 2000 when a bunch of new websites like amazon and ebay started popping up and no one really knew the value of the internet back then so there was a huge crash no one regretted avoiding individual stocks and just holding the index your money is doing pretty well and here's a quick fun fact about index funds they do double approximately every seven to ten years and oh, wow. that, that's regardless of what is happening in the world we can uh use a recent data from covid the market crashed and lost about 30 percent and for folks who uh aren't aren't too Comfortable with percentages? That is the equivalent of five years disappearing in just a couple of weeks, and I've watched like a year's of salary vanish in those two weeks, and wow. I didn't do anything. I just kept buying on my predetermined schedule. It came back times two, uh, so that's the power of index funds. Whereas a company can get wiped out like blockbuster if an index fund goes to zero we got bigger problems than money because that means every single country uh, sorry company in some companies are as big as countries these days um Mm -hmm. every single company has went to zero that that would be like uh, the end of the world as we know it but if say you wanted that more high risk uh, more volatility with individual stocks on Charles Schwab, you just type in the name of a stock. You type in Disney, it'll give you the ticker symbol. It'll say DIS, and you can literally buy it. It's at the time of this, I think it's around $170, which is the all time high for Disney. And here's another fun fact most big companies tend to be towards their all-time highs, because the market tends to increase over time. 66% of the time, uh, the general stock market is going up, and only a third of the time, it's going down. And I know I'm getting a little carried away, I'm getting really excited here, but back to the crashes, people are like, shouldn't I just wait for a crash to buy stocks? Shouldn't I just wait until five years is wiped out in two weeks, and then I go in? Well, the answer is no. And it's a scientific no. It's not my opinion. The data is in from multiple brokerage firms who study this question. Is it better to wait for crashes? Peter Lynch, the founder of uh, Merrill Merrill Lynch, which is a famous brokerage, he says more money is lost waiting for corrections than during corrections. So say that person that was introduced at the start of the show with 80,000 income, they were waiting from 2010 Uh, starting in 2010 for a big market crash. They waited 10 years for 2020, the COVID pandemic to start, for stock prices to be impacted, and it only went back five years. And they had to also be a little bit psychic and know that it's not going to go back to 2014 prices. They had to be absolutely correct with this is the bottom of the bottoms. And a follow-up question is, how do I know you don't? No one knows anyone who claims to know is either delusional or trying to sell you something. No one knows when the crash is over or
1: inside training or their specific company. <laughs> yep.
2: There's cheaters in the game too, and uh, they, they do get caught.
0: You talked yeah. about um, when picking stocks, like running a preference assessment on yourself. Can you talk about that a little bit?
2: Yeah so when it comes to investing it's really important before you begin to do a preference assessment same thing when we're creating a program for a client Um, we want to know what they're motivated by we want to know what is a potential reinforcer we want to know uh what we can deprive what we could satiate them with uh so that's incredibly important and we live in a world of video modeling we live in a world where we see our favorite people, our most preferred people that we associate uh, reinforcement with, uh, like uh, sports stars, rappers, et cetera, et cetera. We see them getting items like cars, new cars, or uh, fancy Yeezys. Cars, Yeezys, right? Mm-hmm. Which can go up in value, by the way. But that's a different type of investing. Um, but they're getting all of these liabilities that tend to depreciate in value over time. And so we never really sit down to do our own preference assessment. Do we really want the most amount of money? Is it about having these tokens so we can access vacations? Or, hey, maybe um, it's more about having a home, right? You're not going to get the most bang for your buck by putting most of your money into a down payment for a home, but... You own a home. Maybe that's where your values lie instead of having more money by investing in the stock market for the long term.
0: Next question I have. I'm throwing you out. These are not on your list, but I just am asking. Yeah, let's go. What explain the difference to me between my Roth IRA that I'm investing in mm-hmm. and a brokerage.
2: Yeah. So a brokerage uh, account is a fancy w- way of saying investing account, a regular investing account. And all that means is you can buy the same exact stocks, the same, inde- I- the same exact index funds that you can in a Roth IRA. A Roth IRA is an account type. A brokerage uh, account is also an account type. So that's the difference. They're just two different types of accounts. What you can do inside of them is absolutely identical. And a lot of people make the mistake of thinking, oh, great, I have a retirement account. I'm going to put money into it. That money still needs to be invested into stocks. The saddest stories I hear is when someone turns 60 and they're like, okay, time for me to take my money out of my Roth IRA. And it's the same money they put in because they never click the button to invest it in an index fund or an individual stock. And that breaks that, my head every time.
1: So and I also, also think light bulb just like clarifying that, I think a lot of people are confused about this, that let's say I have money right now sitting in Chase Bank or Bank of America, all right? It's sitting in a savings account. Let's just say it's $20,000 or $10,000. I don't know, whatever it is.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I can, these, these places that you do it under, whether it's Robin Hood or Charles Schwab, are also another bank. So you're basically just moving it to another account, right and one of your accounts might be called my Roth IRA mm-hmm. one might be called um you know just like my joint account with my husband whatever it is now you could have it also just sitting there but the difference is you could also have it invested when you're under one of these places so i think that is something i would like to clarify for anyone listening wondering well, like, what are you doing? As soon as I bring my money over to Charles Schwab or whatever, I'm in, I'm just invested. And and no, you could have it sitting cash there too, making 0.01 yeah. per annum like per for your your what is it, your interest rate. Yeah. Or you could have it invested, right? And the idea is that you want your money working for you. Oh, I would yeah. say that is the the overall behavioral goal here. Right. And one other thing I wanted to ask you and to have you add in Yeah. while you're while I'm going. Sorry, I didn't even cut you off. Um, you were saying about the idea of people waiting, like, oh, well, I'm just going to wait for the stock market to tank. I'm going to wait for this. First of all, you never know when it's the lowest. Um, you never know if Wayfair is suddenly going to start selling children on their website and it's going to go down or whatever it is. But I... I would like for you to talk a little bit about the idea of this self-management right. in terms of, because not only that, like, will it ever be, a, if, if you're always just like, like, I'll do it later, I'll do it later. Will it ever be a good time for you to start? And and just the idea of like building a habit of doing it consistently.
2: Yeah. So, so real quick, I do want to go back to the brokerage and Roth IRA um, okay. to, Clarify that in a brokerage account, you pay what's called capital gains taxes whenever you sell a stock for a profit. And in a Roth IRA, you don't. That money is locked until age 59 and a half which is, that's the contingency. You never have to pay taxes. So some people were nervous with maybe Joe Biden coming into power that taxes are going to change. Well, tax laws are going to change no matter who's in office over the next 50, 100 years. But in a Roth IRA, it doesn't matter because it's, it's tax protected. It's sheltered from taxes. So it's just growing in there. Um, and quick disclaimer also, you can take out the original money you put into a Roth IRA after it's in there for at least five years. So if you do want your original money back, as long as it's still in there with with the growth, you can pull it out. With a brokerage account, you're paying um, usually most people will pay fifteen percent uh, taxes on their profit if they held their stocks or index funds for at least a year. Um, now,
0: so would a brokerage be better if you're trying to um, maybe save for like a, a investment in like five years or something?
2: Yeah, I would also say that five years is that magic number. If you want money in three years, then you're probably not better off investing because the market could crash right when you need that money. And that would be really unfortunate to sell at a loss. Although there are a lot of tax tricks that could actually help you write off some taxes when you sell stocks at a loss. So it's not even that bad if you start investing at the worst possible time. There's a lot of advantages to that, and there's contingencies in place. we could always go deeper into that, but there's a lot of tax, uh, I want to say advantages to uh, even losing money in the stock market that could last for decades. If your first year sucked, uh, you can offset that loss and put it towards the future. So when you do sell a stock, uh, you can, you can not pay taxes on it instead and use your, your lost money as like, it replaces the tax lost money. So that's a concept called tax loss harvesting. If anyone wants to Google it and look more into it, it's really cool. And robots, by the way, can do it for you through what's called robo advisors, which is uh, you pay us a, a really small fee. It, it's tiny. It's like 0.25%. And then uh, th- they will do tax loss harvesting for you if you don't want to do it yourself. Like I said in the beginning, there's a strategy for every type of personality uh, who, who wants to invest.
0: You know so much. You're you're full of knowledge.
2: People who who wait for the perfect opportunity to invest, it's just like taking the BCBA exam. Oh, I'm going to wait for the pandemic to end. Well, you don't control for that. What you do control for is your own behavior. Um, to 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 a large extent, there there's a lot of behaviors that you have power over that you're taught that you don't have power over, such as getting a raise, right? Instead of asking for access from your boss, you can just invest that money. And with an index fund, you're getting probably a bigger raise than your boss will give you in a year. It's about seven to 10% on average annually. And for the last 40 years, people are always shocked to hear that. Over the last 40 years, the average return from the stock market was actually 11%. Um, Just for context, people who are like, okay, percent, 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 $500 invested every single month for the last 40 years with 11% average return would be $3.5 million, now, remember, Ooh. you didn't start a business. You didn't create or innovate something incredible. You pushed buttons on a keyboard and you have millions of dollars. And say you don't want three and a half million dollars or wait 40 years. Getting halfway isn't bad either. You're still probably a millionaire. <laughs> I take it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pushing a couple of so, keyboards. Yeah. And, and people who wait, they're the ones who end up being the biggest losers when it comes to the stock market. And I would start that habit really really soon and and build that momentum so if you can't do 100 a month or 500 a month like my example you probably could do five dollars a month and on Charles schwab uh shout out to Charles schwab they really need to increase their referral bonus it's currently zero (laughs) dollars
1: they need a behavior analyst to let them know how to get more business but
2: right they definitely do um charge them they have the money it's fine yeah, and, and they do give a hundred dollars for people who make new accounts, um, and and it put in a thousand. You don't even need to invest it. You just make the account and make sure you use someone's referral code. I will gladly share mine, and I get nothing out of it. So DM me on Financialism, and I'll help you out with that. A thousand dollars, you get one hundred dollars just just cause, which is really cool. Um, so latency is the the key the key thing to measure for me to know if someone is going to have great returns in their future. How long does it take for you to make an account since you're hearing me talk about it right now? If you pulled over, if you're listening to this while driving and you pulled over and you took four minutes, 36 seconds to make an account, I'm not that worried for you. But if you're listening to this and then you say, you know what, I'm going to wait till um, next weekend. Then, then we probably have a problem uh, because uh, latency is definitely uh the biggest issue when it comes to investing. People always wait for a better time. Yesterday was the best time. The second best time is today.
0: Now, quick question for, again, a newbie, novice person here. Is there, like, right now, like, if I wanted to go move over, well, I may guess it has a transfer, so it has to take time, but what's the best time of day to take my money from my Roth, that's my actual cash value, and invest it into the um, index fund?
2: Yeah. So the answer is the sooner, the better. And there's, there's a lot of data. Like our human impulse is like, let's wait for an opening. Let's wait for opportunity. Let's wait. Maybe what if Joe Biden doesn't do so well the first hundred days of office? Well, I actually ran the numbers on a presidential elections. It does not matter. Everyone thinks like this is a global event. It's going to change everything. Everything has always changed when it comes to humanity. Like every time the market crashes, people say this is an unprecedented event well we're used to unprecedented events you guys remember the black plague uh that was an you guys un- remember covid right
1: <laughs> oh wait we're still in it
2: <laughs> um, um, so when it comes to like even even now like covid who would have thought that stock prices would be at their all time highs no one, no analyst. It makes no sense. But remember, this is what people think about the future. The stock market is a collection of people's private events about the future, plus mm. c- clicking uh, numbers on the keyboard. So it's just those two behaviors, like the private event and pushing uh, buttons on the keyboard. That, that's all the stock market is.
0: All right. Next question. Dun, dun, dun. And I'm sure every single person yeah. listening to this.
1: Casey, before you get to this, because you love this so much, you always teach this in class. Let's say you want to engage in the behavior of putting $500 a month into the stock market. Can you break down for me the controlled response and the controlling response to increase the likelihood you engage in this behavior? You talking to me? Yeah, girl. This is all you. You love these. All right,
0: I do. All right, so in self-management, we have these two things called, one is a controlling response and one is a controlled response. All right, the controlling response is the self-management behaviors that you're going to apply to yourself. So for me, I have an alarm in my phone on, you know, the last day of the month that I am investing in to my index fund. So I, it's a reminder, right? So it's an antecedent manipulation um, to remind me that that's what I need to do. Um, I also have the app on my phone now, so it's easier to do and I can do it immediately, um, so those are the th- the behaviors that I'm going to engage in to result in the controlled response of investing into my index fund. That's the behavior. That's the final outcome, right? That's the controlled response. So there you go. There's your lesson. You're right. I do love it. It's my favorite. I even use my hands and like talk with them and like <laughs> you can't see me. No one like- gets to see. No one gets to see, but <laughs> she's
1: hey, passionate You'll it.
0: see. Yeah, there you go. But my next love question it is and everyone listening i don't know i mean if you don't then wow kudos um but what if i you have debt i have a lot of student debt i have paid off my private student loan but i have a lot of federal student loans if we have debt should we invest
2: right so the same way that our goals are individualistic it's an individualistic issue so for some it's all about creating uh the habit of investing, even if it doesn't mathematically make sense. And for other people, it's all about the math, the numbers. Does it make sense? Will this be the most amount of money I get? Um, so so that that's what I would focus on. So it the same way that, that Skinner with self-management would have us put in our weights for working out the night before we have to work out, um, we can make our investing accounts before we pay off our debt. So that's a given so people who are driving right now and they're like okay i need an excuse i don't know why i'm assuming that everyone listening right now is driving um (laughs) no one's going anywhere jordan uh, no one's
0: going anywhere
2: (laughs) yeah so this is definitely inclusive of all people including non-drivers um so where was i i was saying um the, the same way that um Skinner would have us put in those weights. If you're looking for an excuse, like okay, it's not for me. I have a buttload of debt. I'm not going to start. You can make an investing account. You could at least start the investing, the the behavioral chain right there, and, and kick off from there. So mathematically, the stock market goes up seven to ten percent on average. If you're picking index funds, right, and some great index funds are SWPPX. That's on Charles Schwab. Uh, there's VOO, which is Vanguard's version, but They're the exact same stocks, and you can buy VOO on Charles Schwab. You don't need a Vanguard account. You could just buy it there. Um, The side note, the difference between the two is uh, SWPPX is a mutual fund, while VOO is an ETF, an exchange-traded fund. All that means is with uh, an exchange-traded fund, it trades throughout the day, just like a normal stock. Um, Every minute, any second, you buy it, you change your mind, you could sell it one second later. If you're trying to make uh, a little bit of profit flipping it, you can go for it, Uh, although I I would never do that because – all the data says the people who hold their stocks the longest especially index funds tend to do the best people who don't react to their emotions or world events tend to do the best um so and sticking to their predetermined uh plans and schedules of, of reinforcement um if if your if your debt interest it's not the dollar amount you should pay attention to. It's the percentage of interest that is important. So the S&P grows, which is the top 500 companies like VOO and SWPPX. Those are just examples of the S&P 500 index. Um, if it, it grows 7 to 10% on average uh, annually, well, your debt interest better be less than 7%, significantly less. So if it's like 5 I would say it makes sense to go 50-50. That That's what I would be doing if I was in that situation. Um, for someone else, their values may be to be debt free before doing anything else, which is why the preference assessment is so important. Do you want to be reinforcing people who hate you? right? If you have credit card debt, you're paying 16% interest on average. Do you really want to be reinforcing them? Um, Even if you have this great investing opportunity, probably not. But if you have student loans and the government maybe helped you out, here's this low interest student uh, debt. um, Maybe it makes sense to do both at the same time, especially if the interest is less than 7%, less than 5% if you want to be conservative. So that's my two cents on that. But Regardless of how much debt interest you have, I think it's within everyone's ability to build the behavior, to invest $5 a month. And if $5 is too much, I know for a fact that on Charles Schwab, on Fidelity, you can buy an index fund uh, with $1 right? With just $1, you can buy it. And I know I'm I'm jumping all over the place, but the point that I was making earlier was an ETF, you have to buy the specific share price. So if it says $301.29 for VOO, you have to pay that much. With uh, SWPPX, you could put in any amount, as long as it's at least $1. Uh, the, The difference is also that As a mutual fund that tracks the index it's only traded at the end of the day so that's it you can't like flip it five seconds later but in a 40-year plan one second or one day or five days shouldn't make a huge difference but as behavior analysts we know latency is really important so in that context it does make a difference. You have to start investing as soon as you can, make the account as soon as you can. It is uh branded as you need help to do this, uh especially especially for women, right? Uh that that's how we started off this episode. Like women are less likely to invest. But when women do invest, they're more likely to have higher profits. That, that's what the data says because women are not checking the market every uh, couple seconds as opposed to males who are like me, shout out to me. Uh, <laughs> but um, people who don't check as often don't react as often. So again, personality types. Can you automate the process? You can. Uh, the minimum I know for a fact on Charles Schwab, if you're investing at least 100 a month into an index fund, you never have to log in again. It just does it for you. I mean, I would log in just to make sure that there's always glitches. Is it possible? No matter how big a business is, the mistakes do happen.
1: So log in every three months. Check. What you just said is very interesting because I, first of all, want people to know, understand something also in here. When you're saying, when Georgie's saying, hold on to something, right? A lot of you guys, I just want to operationally define that a little bit. Yeah. Basically, if I put $100 into my account, right? And or and let's say I or let's say I bought 100 shares of Apple and it was $1 a share. Okay? So I bought I spent $100 total. Now the share goes the stock goes up to $2 a share. Right? So now I have $200 and someone's like, "I'm rich. I'm so rich. I doubled my money." You haven't doubled your money until you take the money out, all right? Because let's say you keep it there and it goes to 50 cents a share and you had 100 of them. It's now worth $50. So what Georgie is saying is this. People get emotional when they look at it. So let's say I put my hard-earned $100, it took me forever of babysitting, for $7 an hour to earn. Now I start seeing it go down. $100 was really important to me. What do a lot of people do? They emotionally respond, right? They're going to be like, shit, I got to get out of this right now. I'm not watching this go down any further. And so that's the reason that Georgie was saying that people who don't look at it so much... When you're going to invest, you should be investing for the long run, unless you're like a day trader, but that's like a whole different thing. But the idea of like, I'm going to put this in here because there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs in days. And if you own a business, you know that, that some days like Steady Notes does better than others. Like I can own personal business thing. Sometimes it doesn't, but the idea is, do I think this company is valuable enough and I believe in them that even though they're going to have some bad days, even though they didn't post the right statement for this and people decided to like boycott them for a little, do I believe that it's going to go up? And so the idea is it sounds like a really easy behavior. It even sounds like a dead man behavior, not even a behavior of holding on to something, right? Or the idea of not letting go of uh, like or selling, because you only make that money when you sell it, right? But it's actually very hard because you have to control your private events, your emotions, your fear like this is going to go down even more and I'm going to have nothing. And so just being able to leave it is a, a huge skill on its own.
0: So, where can we find more information about you? Tell everyone
2: yeah and those were great points being made right there by the way too and just uh with an index fund it's it's less volatile than that where like something like apple it can 50 percent. that could happen in a year (laughs) with an index fund it's very tough it happened like six times in the last 100 years where there were swings in in a single year like that uh so that that's something for people to keep uh
1: yeah and by the way i completely made those stocks up if apple actually was one dollar I would say everyone go buy it right now <laughs>
2: yeah and uh apple is like 140 i think right now um so yeah people can find me on instagram slash fun f-u-n-a-n-c-i-a-l-i-s-m um that, that's where people can find me on there i have a course that i just started and it's doing really well i'm really happy i started it about a week ago Stock Market One Hundred One: The Laziest Path to Wealth. And uh, for people listening in, I did add a coupon code called ABA Life. So if you just type in ABA Life, no caps, there there will be a. Uh, a little bit of a negative reinforcement taken away from the the price of the course and uh you could read all about it in there what it's about there's uh, gonna be expert guests invited i'm using the profit to invite them in like tax professionals and we talk about investing there's there's quite a few uh bcbas already in the course which is cool i got nurses and bcbas is like the most amount of people which is interesting to me um, Healthcare care workers Yeah, exactly. There's TikTok too, same username, financialism. And then if uh, you don't have that money for a course, you can always go on my YouTube, on my Instagram, free information. Uh, It won't be as organized and uh, I won't be there guiding you through it as well, but it's all there for free too.
1: To any of our listeners right now, I, I just keep having this repeated word in my head, replacement behavior, replacement behavior, or maybe it's a DRA, right? So I saw some posts on Instagram. I follow like, you know, some of these like finance or different things on Instagram. And this one idea was when these, you know, these new Apple AirPods, which aren't even AirPods because they're not pods. They go over your head. Was Do you know which one I'm talking about? It was like 500 and what are they? 599 $600 for the things. And it was like, you could either go spend $599 on this headphones, right? Or you can go buy that $599 or $600 worth in Apple stock. I, and this exercise of just putting it into my brain, and that's what I did in that moment. When I actually saw that, I went and bought some shares of Apple because I was like, look, I mean, first of all, I was not gonna buy the headphones for $600, but I just think it's a really cool exercise to engage in because we are so quick to buy another coffee at Starbucks. Like if you could actually see the money you're making as a result, like in that moment, also these apps make it so easy now that you could be like, I'm going to put $6 that I would usually get a caramel macchiato right now into a an index fund, right? Or a mutual fund.
2: Or Starbucks, right? And they could pay you for the coffee. So every time people are buying Starbucks coffee, you're
3: getting
1: paid. <laughs> exactly. So I challenge anyone listening to do this replacement behavior challenge and tag us sometime that you do it. Casey, I think we should both really do this. And when you're going to get maybe like scallops someday or something somewhere, instead you're like, hmm, I'm going to invest in this fishing company or in the mutual fund, play conservative, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's a really cool idea as behavior analysts that it could be you know, making that choice in that moment and seeing the reinforcement of owning something instead of giving them your money.
0: I love it. I'll do it.
2: facts i, I that's that's the formula. You could either shop at Amazon or you could shop for Amazon.:
0: Love that. so before we end you know we need to just end with something really cool that you do, and that's rapping. So we will have Alan insert that into the podcast and share all the links that we talked about in our show notes. Don't you worry. Uh, I think I'm going to take some PTO today. All oh, my stocks are up. Two
3: thousand bucks. Can't make that a day of work. <laughs> I'm a lazy boy, all my money working for me. Chilling on the couch, what song? Rick and Morty. Swimming through the cash like my name, Dory Doing what I'll do, I'll retire, be for 40. I'm a lazy boy, all my money working for me. Chilling on the couch, what song? Dragon Ball Z. Boy, I met the world like my name, Corey. Doing what I'll do, I'll retire, be for 40. Is that real life? annoyed because I never say I'm sorry. If you talk in stocks, that's my territory. Study up like Dexter in my laboratory. ETFs and dividends, my favorite category. I catch dollar signs and I catch Z's. Can't be woke if you never go sleep. Least amount of work, most amount of gain, that's the motto for me. I am such a lazy boy, all my money working for me. Chilling on the couch, put song Rick and Morty. Swimming through the cash like my name's Dory. Doing what I'll do, I'll retire, be for 40. I'm a lazy boy, no, I can't be bothered. How you think? like a martyr Got you working hard While they profit off a of smarter I catch dollar signs And I catch Z's Can't be woke If you never go sleep Least amount of work Most amount of gain That's the motto for me I'm a lazy boy All my money working for me Chilling on the couch Squats song? Dragon Ball Z Boy, I met the world Like my name, Corey Doing what I'll do I'll retire before forty.
1: Georgie, thank you so much for coming on. I think there's so much you have to share and it's amazing hearing it using all the behavioral words. And so thank you, thank you, thank you.
2: Yeah, I appreciate you guys a lot, a lot. I stalk you on Instagram like every every couple of days. I
1: stalk as you too. As much so as you so look that's... at the stock market, matching law, do you do you look at the and stock no, market or do you look not, at us?
2: Not not that much, not that much. Okay. This is on creepy.
1: But yeah, that would be creepy. It was like a, a test. I wanted to see like, oh my God, he's obsessed with me.
0: I also owe you a huge thank you for inspiring me to invest into my retirement. And I don't know what it is about you that was different than other people, but it's just your personality. You're so open. You've helped me with questions I've had um, for free. You're just amazing. So thank you so much, Georgie. And I actually just went into Charles Schwab and to transfer like a little bit more because I was actually I we have a new boat payment and I'm like I'm just not gonna invest what I said I would this month and I was like f that shit I don't I like you said it's not making money in my bank and even though it's scary as shit to me when I do it because I'm a money hoarder because I was poor it is such a freeing feeling knowing that it is going to be best for my future so thank you
2: yes i'm so happy and your latency was so short like as soon as i told you you pulled out your phone mm-hmm. and you were like i'm on to show right now what button do i click i was like it, it guides you through it it guides you it's right there so mm-hmm. I, i'm so happy and quick shout out to uh, all my aba people at cortica annie she's a she's a huge fan of the show so shout out to annie shout out to bippin uh, shout out to the whole crew so yeah thank you
0: Cortica, yo, yo. Hi, Cordica. Hi, what up? Hi, <laughs> love it.
1: Hi, hi. I hope all of you guys are invested, and you've got your company involved as well. Oh yeah,
2: you guys you invest about investing.
1: Yeah, you should. You should definitely have it within your company, and maybe they could set up some, uh, you know, incentives. In Cortica, this is for you. Anyways, guys, you know where to find us. You can find us. On Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast, Facebook at Behavior Bitches Podcast. You can find us on our website, behaviorbitches.com. If you want to support us continuing to bring this shit to you every week, you can support us on patreon.com slash behaviorbitches. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, love ya. Mean it. Hey, guys, it's Liat here, and I just wanted to take the time for just a single second of your time and tell you about something awesome. As you know, Casey and I are super into this podcast thing going on here and getting it started, and I just wanted to let you know that there's an easy way to get it done, and that is what I'm going to tell you right now about Pretty Easy Podcasts. Thank God we got in touch with the team at Pretty Easy Podcasts. They help you do everything from start to finish. They will get your show up there. They will record the episode for you. They will produce it. They will add bleeps in. If you're full of F-bombs like myself, whatever it
0: is that you need, they will do it. When you first said you wanted to start a podcast, I was like, okay, we can do that. We have no idea what we're doing. I never really thought it would get off ground until we met Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast, and he put all my fears to rest. He helped us get everything going from all of our audio audio editing and production and our song that we have, which is amazing, by the way. We're allowed to record from our own homes. He helps us with our guests. Um, He caters to our schedule. Come on, Leah, we are the worst with scheduling. I mean, I know we said we're going to have a podcast a week. So
1: far, we're out a few days, but hey, he works with us. That's what we need. But the point is, we were looking at how <laughs> we could download all these different programs to try learn how to do all this podcasting stuff. But truth is, it's affordable. It's much easier to have someone do it for you. You could go to
0: prettyeasypodcast.com and you could get started today. I say go. I say if you want to be heard, if you have something to say, like we do, we love the sound of our own voices. And we found Alan who lets our voices shine. So thank you, Alan, at prettyeasypodcast.com.